Jesus, you are risen. Will you send your Holy Spirit again through your word and through my words that you would show us again that you are the resurrection and the life for us now today. In Jesus' name, amen. How often do you and I think that we are just one little thing away from something better? Just elusive, one little thing. Like if I just had this one, uh, one more little, you know, if I just had this, this new phone that, you know, I forget even what iPhone number we're on by now, but they all are better than my phone. And, oh, man, they'd be work better, more efficient, life would be better, I could solve more problems, one little thing, and, and it, oh, yes. Or, boy, life's been tough. If I just had this one, one getaway, this one vacation, then everything w- would get better. Or maybe it's a, a relationship. This one person, if, if he or she just liked me, uh, then my life would get better. I just need this. How often do we play that just one little thing game? That real living, real life is somehow just beyond our grasp, like, you know, the donkey or horse following a carrot. And, and if we just go get it. Or, boy, if I just do one more workout, then I'll finally, you know, lose that weight or be in better shape. Or, boy, if I just push my kids just a little harder on this one thing, then they'll finally make the team or get into that school. Or just how often we play the, the just one thing away game. And we can do that at any stage of life or at any, uh, any part of our life. And I think that's one of the most effective lies the devil tells us. is just one more thing that, that you can do it. Just go, go find it. Go grasp it. Go get what is it. And if you dig into it, it's actually not looking straight at Jesus, who today tells us, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Look no further than Jesus for anything more, anything else. He's already given it to you. It's him. Jesus is your resurrection and your life, yes, later and now. There, I've given you the whole sermon. Got to go to a cup of coffee. That's good. Go. But now we're going to break it down a little bit. Jesus makes all these great I am claims. And they're all claims to not just be great. They're claims to be God. And so you really do have to deal with Jesus. If you want to wrestle with him, want to inquire about Jesus, wonder who he is, and you can't just say he's a great teacher with good poetic images. You can maybe try to make that claim about some of the other ones, but when he stands there and says, I am the resurrection and the life, and then raises someone from the dead, you have to deal with him. He's it. Now, if you believe him and trust in him, that's the best news you could ever have, and I believe it is. And it can... Let our hearts and our souls settle and not be constantly chasing and looking for that one other thing, whether it's at a store or it's somewhere else or with someone else or whatever we're tempted to say, if I only just had that, life would get better. Guess what? You have it. It's Jesus. Jesus claims to be that one thing. So let's let him be that as we dig in today. So John 11 is the story of Lazarus, who I said Lazarus and his sisters, Mary, Martha. And Lazarus gets sick, and Jesus isn't near there, Bethany, near Jerusalem. He's somewhere else. 
and he finds out, and he doesn't go right away, which that tells you something about their faith in Jesus already. They've already seen him heal people miraculously. Jesus, you can do something. You can help him while he's sick, which sort of means we think you can help him while he's sick, but if he dies, then game over or something. I don't know how that all works, but it seems to, he's sick, come help Jesus, you can do something. And he says no, and he doesn't go. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of strange things to this story, and we only you know, got time for some of it. But Jesus doesn't. He stays, and then Lazarus dies. And then he goes. Have you ever felt like Jesus is late getting to you? Because those are Martha's first words to Jesus. If you had been here, the bad stuff wouldn't happen. He wouldn't have died. How many of you feel like that sometimes in your life? Jesus, I prayed that you, where were you when I was going through this hard season? I don't feel like you were there like I wanted you to be. When I was sick or my loved one died, Jesus, you seem late to care for my needs and attend to my hurts. Have you ever felt that way? And then Jesus goes on to do his last big miracle in the Gospel of John, and the most remarkable one, and it only can be remarkable when you raise from the dead a four-day, it's mentioned multiple times, four-day dead guy, which in Jewish terms means really, 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 really dead, as opposed to, I don't know, just one dead, I don't know. But they had some, uh, some Jewish kind of thoughts and folklore that meant, you know, something might happen weird in the first couple days, but like day four, you are dead, dead, dead. Jesus waits till day four, and they say, oh, I don't, we don't want to, are you sure you want to open the stone? Like this is going to, sm-. Old King James says, he stinketh, one of the best verses in the Bible. Are you sure about that? Jesus waits, he's late, so that only he can do This remarkable miracle that brings so many people to faith and you and I get to hear about and read about to this day. Okay, but what happens in the story? Jesus is late and then, I'm going to pick it up where we printed in the bulletin. Verse 21, Martha, Mary stays, Martha goes out, hears Jesus is coming, goes out to find him wherever he is, and then says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many of your prayers start with complaining to Jesus? Anybody willing to admit that? Come on, come on. Good, front row admit. Thanks, Bruce. How many of you have the the guts to complain to Jesus? Or like Martha, she knew Jesus well enough that she felt like she could almost chide him or at least complain. Take the lesson. Do you and I know Jesus well enough to complain to him? Because the people that knew him closest, and it says, uh, Lazarus, it says, is one whom Jesus loved, close to that family, they knew him well, and she felt comfortable enough to complain at the Lord of the universe, the second person of the Trinity, the resurrection and the life. Hmm. I think Jesus can handle it. Do you and I know Jesus well enough to dare to take our prayers to him so seriously when life doesn't seem right that we dare to might even complain? Jesus, Lord, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died, meaning you could have healed him. However, that's not all she says. She says, Lord, if you had 
been here, my brother would not have died, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. It's one part complaint, and it's another part hope that Jesus, and trust that Jesus can do anything. Jesus, you're late. I'm hurt. we, We got word to you days ago so that you could come and help, and you didn't come and help. And uh, now you're here, and he's he's dead. If you were here, this wouldn't have happened. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. What if your prayers and my prayers were one part complaint and one part hope? God, this isn't going right in, in my life. You know, I'm a little frustrated, but I know, Jesus, that you can do something about it. Or, Jesus, I, I, help. Or, Jesus, if, if maybe if you feel frustrated with Jesus. He can handle that. That's fine. Jesus, what's going on here? But even now, I know that, that you are the one. You are the resurrection and the life. You, you, you are the one I can trust. It's okay to complain and hope at Jesus. So let's keep going. 23, uh, so in this conversation, and Jesus says back to Martha, your brother will rise. And then Martha said to him, yeah, yeah, I, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Pause there. Without getting too deep into a rabbit trail. There were some different views on what happened after you died and, and in the end. And many Jewish people, then particularly on the final day, one day, there, there is a day that, that God will make all things right. And, and some call it the end of the world. Uh, in Christian terms, when Jesus returns, it will be the end and it will be good and all things will be made right. And she's saying, well, you know, I know like someday way later, but that doesn't help me now today. He says, I know in the resurrection, the last day he will rise. But Jesus says, you know, hold on. He says, that, that thing later then, it, it's, it's me, and I'm here right now. Jesus said, I am. I'm that resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Whoa. And then he turns and says, do you believe this? And one of the most interesting parts of this exchange, Jesus says, do you believe this? Do you believe what I said? And she answers a different question. Jesus says, do you, I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe this? She says, yes, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Jesus says, do you believe that? What does she say? I believe you. Do you understand the difference? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life of the one who believes in me. Though they, though they die, yet shall they live. Do you, do you believe this? Do you believe this uh, principle? Do you believe this statement, this thing? And, and she says, I believe you. There's a difference. I believe there are many things about your life and your faith life and your following Jesus that just might not make complete sense on this side of eternity. They don't have to if you trust in Jesus. You can trust the one. You can trust the person. Our faith isn't simply in a set of ideas or, or philosophy or principles. It's in a person. 
then God himself, who lived for you, died for you, rose for you, who is the resurrection and the life, our faith is a trust in a person. It's him. And so Jesus says, do you believe what I've said? And it's almost like Martha's saying, well, that, 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 that's kind of hard, but, but I trust you. You ever been in that kind of situation? You're not sure about what somebody's saying, but I trust you. Maybe uh, you've had to move, husband or wife have had to move for each other's jobs, and, and you say, boy, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, but I trust you if, if you think this is right. And for you literary people, Jesus, who said, I am all these times, Jesus says, I am, Martha says, you are. The end of, of his last most remarkable miracle, she declares, you are. Reminds me of Peter when, we already say this a few weeks ago, when Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, you must eat my flesh, drink my blood. And all these disciples, people that had followed Jesus, turn away and leave. And then Jesus looks at the 12 and, and he says, well, are you going to go too? And, and Peter seems to say, well, this doesn't make sense, this is hard, but I trust you. Or where else should we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you trust Jesus, the resurrection and the life, even when details of your life don't make sense? Or even if it seems like Jesus is late to attend to your needs? Or when thing after thing after thing seems to go wrong and, and you seem to be more like Job than anyone else in the scriptures, do you trust Jesus, the person? Jesus, the one who is crucified for you, risen for you, he is absolutely your resurrection and your life. It's not that you and I simply have this checklist of things that we believe. We, we did say what we believe in the Apostles' Creed. But Christian faith isn't simply checking a box to say, yes, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. Okay, I'm, I'm done. No, it's trusting a person who lived for you, died for you, rose for you, the Spirit lives in you. He, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. It's not like we have this theological scorecard where we just say, che okay, check, 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 ten boxes. Uh, and Jesus says, hey, if, if you uh, check all the boxes, go to the right places in life, go to the right places uh, in, in faith. If you get all ten, show them to Peter at the pearly gates and you'll get a free slush. I mean, you'll get into heaven. No, it's trust in Jesus, the one. Simple trust in the only one who lived and died and rose for you. So then the story goes on. Jesus does make it to their home in Bethany. And then, and then Lazarus, who's been really, really, really dead, then raises him to life. And miracle, then a miracle, uh, after he comes out, they say, unbind him. Well, if you're a bound like a mummy, you can't move. How do you walk out anyways? So there's a little miracle then a miracle of how, how did somebody totally wrapped up walk, but he does anyway. And it says many people believed. Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus from, from the dead so that people would know he is the resurrection and the life. He is the one your soul can settle in. He is the one your heart can trust when life is good and when life isn't good. It's Jesus. And yes, most of the time, when, if you are familiar at all with this story, we think about later. 
We think about, oh yes, and we do print this verse, I am the resurrection life, on every funeral bulletin at Zion. And yes, it absolutely has something to do with when we die and our bodies are laid into the ground in hopes, in the sure and certain hope of resurrection to eternal life when Jesus returns and calls us all to glory with him. That is absolutely true. And that's yes about later. But I wonder how much you and I think about Jesus being your resurrection and life now. It's not just, that's a great verse, great comfort, you know, pull it out uh, when somebody dies and then shelf it till then. No. Jesus is your life now. Jesus is the resurrection in your life later and now. And if Jesus is your life, that means a lot of things aren't your life. Do you know that John has the word life somewhere, somewhere of around 36 times of Jesus saying it? And it starts at the beginning, John 1. In him was life. It's in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Or ones we've looked at, I'm the bread of life. Next week, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. At the end of John, I, John says, I've written all these, all these signs so, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that you may have life in his name. So when Jesus is saying, I'm the resurrection and the life, he's not just giving us uh, something to think about for when we die. He wants to be your life now, today, later and now. I believe that the most interesting thing about your life or my life is actually Jesus. I know it might be weird to think about, but I think the most interesting things we find in other people is actually Christ in you. And on my own, I'm, I'm you know, probably maybe not that interesting of a person. Do you know that it's, that it's Christ in you, his life in you, that gives your life meaning and, and makes it more interesting? Jesus' life is far more interesting than your life or my life. And so it's Jesus' life in you that, that makes your life hopeful and interesting and, and gives meaning. So often we're, we're thinking, well, I just got to have this one more thing, right? But no, it's actually something that's already given to you. It's Jesus. You see, your, your job isn't your life. Jesus is your resurrection and your life later and right now. Your kids are not your life, though they might take large times of your life and they might be very important, but they are not what give you meaning and purpose and fulfill your soul. They weren't meant to do that. Your income isn't your life. Your, your degree isn't your life. Your, your stress isn't your life. And even your, your failures and your sins, they aren't your life. Jesus takes them away so he can give you his life. And your successes when everything goes well, they're not your life. Your losses aren't your life. Jesus is. And Jesus isn't just an, an add-on to your already full life, though we often treat him that way. He's not a helpful addition like uh, cutting out you know, the back of your house and adding a living room on the back like many do. Let me tell you, my neighbors did it, and now what happened to that? It is completely sunk, and they have to do it again. I'm sure there's a life point about that, making something other than Jesus our life. 
I think nearly every temptation that I give into and that you give into or, or every sin that we indulge or every momentary bad decision, I think they are our attempts to find resurrection and life somewhere other than Jesus. And they're just not going to work. Because he's the life. Only his death, only his resurrection is going to give you what your soul needs the most, and he does. Jesus absolutely is your resurrection and your life later and now. Amen.